Paul McBlain's first job assignment was in Morocco, where he was stationed with the Navy. Four continents and many years later, Paul has coached hundreds of professionals into successful jobs and careers in a cross-section of industries. This led to Paul's new book, Getting Hired, which offers a step-by-step guide, a how-to approach for building an action plan and winning a job during these challenging times. Paul's job-winning toolkit will get you battle-ready to face the emotional fears while helping you to manage the stress as you put the right action into place. This is Paul's story. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, my name is Rose McInerney, and if you're in the job market or you're looking to change your career, today's Sipping on Stories podcast is for you. Paul McBlain is in the house. He's written a new book called Getting Hired, How to Prepare to Compete and Win the Job You Want. Paul's preface to the book comes from a Sophocles quote that says, Without labor, nothing prospers. So true. And the good news is that Paul has a surefire recipe for how to help job seekers prosper. The book is an extension of Paul's experience working in many countries and changing careers so many times over. He's seen it all, done it all, and he's helped others as both an employee and a consultant. Paul outlines five stages for creating an action plan and landing a job. So grab a little something to sip on as we head into what we like to call our Sipping on Stories Lounge. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to follow our show and visit our Sipping on Stories website. That's where you can learn more about today's guests and related links to things like Paul's book and some of the work that he's done. Welcome to Sipping on Stories, Paul McBlain. Great to see you. Hi, Rose. (laughs) Good seeing you. Thanks for inviting me. It's uh... It's a great opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, spending a little bit of time with you today. Thank you. Well, I truly meant that intro. I don't think your book could be more timely. It's called Getting Hired. And what I love most, Paul, about this is that you've got prepare to compete and win the job you want. Let's just jump right into that and talk about what it's like to get a job today because you know, we've got high unemployment. Obviously, the situation is a complete anomaly. We're living in a COVID world where people are out of jobs or dependent on social assistance. So many people are struggling. So let's start with the book. If you don't mind, I'm, I'm switching things up a little bit. But why the book? Did you know that this was the time? Well, it, it, it sort of came, it came about through uh, it's serendipitous, actually. Um, I had a couple of uh, young uh, ladies who were just finishing university, and they reached out to me through LinkedIn and, and said, you know, can you give me some advice and stuff? And, and so what I did was I actually started working with them pro bono um, on, you know, what they needed to do to get their, uh, get themselves ready to actually get a job and compete and, uh, in the market. So, and, and um, so 
as I did this, I started getting referrals. I started getting other people, um, you know, how, and it's just sort of one of those things that just snowballed. And as I was doing this, um, my clients would ask me, uh, oh, geez, you know, how do I, uh, how do I get my resume uh, set up for this? You know, so I'd write a little guide sheet sheet about how to do your resume. And then, you know, well, how do I clean up my LinkedIn, you know, and so I did a guide sheet on that. And so at the, at the end of the summer, so that, that actually happened over like a six to eight month period. And this summer, um, uh, my clients obviously started going down because of, you know, the coronavirus and, um, and I had some time and I said, well, okay, I've got this series of, of uh, guide sheets. Um, I'm just going to put them together and make a little pamphlet or something and we'll just put it out and, you know, my clients can have it and that'd be good. And so long story short, three months later, I had a full blown book and uh, had published it. And so, um, and it was all started through that, you know, just building something for my clients. Wow. Well, that's a super smart in terms of marketing. I mean, you're filling obviously a demand, but I'm sort of chuckling to myself saying no good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) I love the way that the book came about because it's an automatic signal that, you know, what's contained in there is so good. You had more people asking and asking for your assistance. So maybe this is a good segue in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Why is it? I mean, I see that you've had jobs on five continents, dozens and dozens of industries. Could you share a little bit about your expertise? Well, it's, it, it is interesting. And, and uh, um, my, my first real, uh, what I call my employment, was with the U.S. Navy. And that was the first opportunity that I had to uh, do something and that helped create my own career. And um, the the first experience that that I had that actually uh, allowed me to control what I was doing was that uh, I was uh, stationed in Morocco. um, And um, there were two people on this base that could repair a specific piece of equipment. I was one and there was another gentleman. And I didn't like working, you know, 12 hours and then off for 12 hours and 12 hours. I didn't like that. It didn't give me a, a, a weekend. The guy that I was with, he, he had issues. He was married and living there. Uh, so we, we got together and we came up with this plan where we would actually sleep in the area that we needed to repair this equipment, but we'd have three days that we'd be there continuously, never leaving, and then four days when we were out, um, and we could do anything we wanted. Who who doesn't want a four-day weekend, right? Every week. So that was really, you know, that we really liked that. Um, and but it taught me something, and what it taught me is that. Um, it, you can be creative with your, uh, career and make out of it what it is you want to have. So meeting your needs. Um, and so that was, that was sort of the start of the whole thing. 
And I, and I think, as you pointed out um, uh, um, once before, you, you know, that I've, I've had over 20 uh, career transitions and each one of them has been a combination of being uh, purposeful, where I decided I was going to do it, and the others were uh, uh, more driven by the circumstances of the company or what happened within the company. So, Okay. So that's really deep experience. First off, telling me that you were in the Navy, there's discipline and there's such a regiment, but also a commitment and a, a value-centric approach to what you do that I really love. And having some experience with veterans across all the armed forces, that's like a triple gold star already as an employee, I think. It really is the training, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a discipline that you, you definitely grow up. Yes. And I never forget to say thank you for your service either. Truly, though, you created what worked well for both you and your partner in this very specific job role so that you had the freedom to do it and you capitalized on it. I love that. But then the fact that you went on to have different careers, right, and different jobs, you transitioned more than 20 times. I don't think I know anybody that's ever changed jobs. It takes a lot of courage to do it. So wow, to you being able to do that. But did you find, were, were they always necessity driven or you were just, you were tired and you wanted something you knew you had hit the ceiling and in one job and you wanted to leave? It, it, was, it was a combination of, of, of those two. Um, some of them, um, I think one of the biggest ones that I, I made uh, early on was um, I was working for uh, Baxter International. I was doing bench research right at the time that uh, the um, uh, HIV uh, emerged, and I was, um, you know, it was an exciting time and everything. But I I realized that there were people in in the organization that were doing things that were able to control uh, not only their career but also their um, their ability to um, contribute. And I wanted to contribute more. All the people that were in research had PhDs. I did not. So I said, okay, I'm going to go get an MBA. I went and got an MBA. Um, um, by the way, my, fir- my very first paper that I wrote for my MBA was called uh, you know, Owning Your Career. And <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's precipitous. Wow. Okay. And, Perfect. Uh, and so... Uh, within a, a couple of months of starting my MBA, I actually got promoted, and to but it was in a different organization, uh, away from research, which is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to get out of research and into something that I could contribute more, and that was just the beginning of it. It just, uh, just, and then I had, I had three more, two more, two more uh, transitions. Uh, after that, within my eight-year career at uh, at Baxter. Okay, and then you got into the consulting field after this. How'd that happen? Uh, so, so that's another interesting uh, story. And so, I went from research, ended up being uh, director of of uh, information technology, which I knew nothing about. But I thought I've got experts here; they can do that. I can help. I can manage them. At least I can help lead them to get the work done, and which we did. 
But I made a deal with the with my boss at the time. I said, if I take this position, I want to leave on good terms once it's implemented, once this system was implemented, because I have no interest in just maintaining it. You know, I know it's just not going to excite me. So true to true to their word, true to my word, at the end of it, we all said, that's it. Uh, I went off and uh, applied for a, a job. This was in the old days, right? So there was, a, there was a, uh, an ad in the paper saying, you know, entry-level consultant. I responded to that. I got an interview and was hired on the spot. So I took huge decrease in pay, went from being a director to uh, a new guy. And, uh, but that was a great, that was it. That was the launching pad. Yeah. And then 30 years of consulting on planes, off planes, in hotels, out of hotels. <laughs> That's really great though. I love that you seized opportunities, but I also love something that might escape people is the honesty you brought to the job as an employee talking with whoever your, your boss or bosses were and saying, here's what I will do for you. And can we work a deal? I don't know that people, well, maybe it's, that's not a good thing to say that people don't do that, but I think we're very Larry now that someone's going to let you go. If you speak out and you're truthful, you're honest about it and say, here's what my intentions are. It's a really good question. Can we still do that today? You think? Well, I, I guess I'm, I was blessed because they wanted me and that, that was the difference. So, so I was actually in a competitive, uh, uh, competitive uh, uh, position where uh, another or another organization within the company wanted me. These uh, this group in in IT wanted me, and so I said, you know, look, I'll I'll take it based on that. So, so I did have some leverage. It's you know, it wasn't, but I think can you do that today? I think there's a risk. Um, I think there's always a risk of of, uh, of people giving up on you. Oh, geez, if you're going to leave, well, you know, why should we invest in you, right? But I think there's a way to um, uh, to negotiate that, and so that it's not so much uh, look, I'm going to leave, but I need your help to manage my career and you know get the career that I'm I'm looking for. That transfer some of the um, ownership over to your organization, your boss, you know, whoever, and, and makes them a partner in your career rather than, um, you know, just being an employee. Spoken like a true consultant. That's fantastic. Acknowledging the stakeholders in that power dynamic, but also the dynamic of values and you know, again, I'm going to go back to the Navy and, you know, your grassroots, that honesty and being forthright. That's, uh, that's amazing. This is, this is a fun question. Have you ever been fired? Have you ever lost your job or been fired? I have lost my job. Um, Sorry, I should preface that. It's not fun. I didn't mean fun. I meant an unusual question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's fun. All right. I have, I, I've lost, I, I've lost jobs uh, a few times. Um, and uh, 
uh, probably the most dramatic one left, uh, led to the most dramatic change that I've, that I've made. Um, and uh, that occurred this, uh, you know, with the last major company that I was working for. Um, you know, on, on Friday, uh, my boss called me up and he said, you know, hey, I, lo- I love the plan that you put together for, for next year. It was the beginning of the year, um, the fiscal year. And I love the plan. Want to let you know that uh, we're giving you a bump in salary and a uh, a bonus, you know, and that should be you do that in your next paycheck, and you know that's really cool. Uh, the following Wednesday, I had a meeting uh, with someone who worked with him, and um, and came into the office, and I walked into the office, and there's somebody from HR, and you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm a, I, I'm a consultant, I can smell something. A mile off, uh, uh, I, oh, this doesn't look good. Yeah, they let me go, and they said, you know, we're eliminating. Uh, it's not performance. We're eliminating this area. Uh, you know, there are like ten of you, including a partner. Um, we're not going to invest in this area anymore. This is the beginning of the fiscal year. We're just going to cut cut you loose right now. It was such a shock. Um, but it led to the, the next few years uh, being independent consultant and uh, something I never thought I'd do. And so it was a blessing too. It had a silver lining to it. It. Uh, uh, I was determined to make it a silver ha- to have a silver lining. Very good because I think many people today, especially if there's anyone listening in the audience, is saying, you know, I lost my job. Whether it was something forced by the economy and our situation right now or didn't measure up or something downsized, you know, in your situation like that, you know, it can feel obviously very hopeless. You can feel like, what am I going to do next? If, especially if you don't see it coming and you've really relied on that or it's a specialty skill. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons, but I love that advice that you're giving because it is advice. You were determined to make this work and to create something out of the situation. And I'm guessing you've seen this time and time again, and I like to stress this, mindset, the role that mindset plays in the book, which we're going to start talking about now, but the power of self. Would you say that this has been a key driver for you, your stake in you when it comes to getting a job and making it? Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of dynamics. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think here, here's, here's the thing. I think my, my mindset has, um, has been from, and it really formed substantially while I was in the Navy because I, I read like a, uh, uh, like a whale eating plankton, you know, uh, and one of the things that I was committed to was um, treating my my life and my uh, my being as a a blank canvas, and I was the painter. I'm the creator. I can make of my life what I make of it. Um, uh, and through ups and downs, I've held true to that. Um, because I, I really believe, I really take responsibility for my, uh, 
my career, my actions and everything, um, because I think it's important. It, it lets me sleep at night um, and uh, good and bad. Honestly, I think it's wise words. And I, again, love that you went back to the Navy. I think the values and the mindset and the responsibility are huge. But you've done something really special in this book because I've gone through it. And I think you talk about getting a job as a getting hired program. And this program is where the self is obviously central, but you talk about setting yourself up for success. Why'd you call it a program? Why is it a program? Okay, I'm a scientist by by background. So I believe that there's a, you know, there's inputs, there's a system, and then there's an output. So this, you know, just sort of came natural for me. I think people uh, in general uh, like order um, uh, and uh, and like steps to follow. You know, what you know, what do I do next? What do I do next? Um, so I, I chose to do it that way rather than bundle it together as, you know, here's, you know, here's a guide sheet for this and guide, which is how I originally had it set up. Um, and I just, uh, I, I just think it was, it was, look, it was easier for me to organize it. And so, um, so it was a very selfish, uh, motive, but I think in, in general, uh, having been a consultant, I know that most people like order. I so identify with what you said, though, in order. If we think of something as a stepping stone, a series of things, I don't know, a guide list, a checklist can be like a long to-do. My husband complains, the honey-do list or whatever, you know? You're right. It's not selfish. I think you're absolutely right. It's insightful. And how many steps are there in the program? So there's five steps. And I... I spent a lot of time debating what order they should go in, especially the first two, investigate and prepare, um, because uh, you, you could put them in either in either way. But I I think that where my clients have found the most benefit has been in the self reflection of uh, doing that first. So what am I good at? Right. So and a lot of people have no clue what they're good at. Uh, they, they can isolate what jobs they've done and, you know, what they've accomplished and things like that. But they haven't really sat down and said, OK, so what what good is that? What skill is that? And then what am I passionate about? Um, people, uh, most of my clients uh, come to me with a large laundry list of things that they're passionate about. You know, I like this, I like that, I like this, I like that. But what are you really passionate about? What, what are the one or two things? Um, and, and then, so the, uh, the, the skill levels, the, uh, the passion, and then what's available. So, so you have to sort of, I mean, you can you can be you can be really skilled at something and really passionate about it, but if there are no jobs, then you sort of like you're you're going to struggle. Um, and so I I've put that first, the investigate. So investigate yourself, investigate your market, investigate job titles, um, and 
as the first piece of it because I think it's so poor, important to get that you know, behind you and, and under you as a foundation. I think it's so smart. I think so many of us, myself included, you kind of fall into patterns. People are running to jobs where they know there's hiring or they're going to make good money or, you know, they may be pointed in a direction for whatever it is that they see as being an advantage. And yet they don't take the time to do the investigating. And then they find themselves, I can't tell you how many interviews I've done where people find themselves in a place they didn't want to be. And then it takes real courage to get out of that spot and say, forget it. I'm going to go for what I want to do. So I love that you start there. And then you get into the second phase is really about focus. Can you tell us a little bit about the focus part? Focus is, and this is another one that has been driven mostly by my clients and what they, what they've wanted, um, is, um, gee, I, you know, uh, I've, I've thought about being a a musician uh, or a, uh, um, uh, I also like uh, to do uh, sports, and so I thought maybe I, I should, uh, you know, do something in sports. I want to be a broadcaster, um, you know, maybe, oh, uh, what could I do, you know? And so one of the first things that, that I, uh, I stress, and in, in I, I try to uh, make this point in the, in the book, is that focus is so important. If you have, you've only got so much energy in your life, mental energy and physical energy. So how are you gonna spend that? Um, And you can have 10 things that all sound really cool that you're passionate about, you'd love to do, you know, um, but you, can you get all 10 things done? You know, probably not. But if you focus it down, you can either, get that or eliminate it. Okay. So you can either, you know, it can either be included or excluded very quickly. If you don't focus, you'll have that sort of fog of, of options forever, you know, and you'll always be wondering, Oh, geez, you know, maybe I should have been a tennis, uh, tennis pro or, you know, I could have done that in my experience. In my own personal experience, I've done this many, many times where I thought I could do all sorts of things. And it always came down to what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And who will pay you for it? It's so wise. I think so many of us do that, myself included. You know, that kind of jack of all trades and master of none. It's been sort of my swan song all all my life. And, and, you know, for me personally, this resonates so much. And then we get into three and four, which is really preparing and then launching. Are there some things you want to share, some little highlights in these next phases about prepare and launch? Believe it or not, I think that's where most people really struggle is with preparation. Um, and I've seen people get into into jobs and work really hard at those jobs at the expense of their career. Okay, let's think about that. Think about what you just said. I want our listeners to really hear this, to work really hard at a job at the expense of their career. This is good. You're going to have to explain it to me now. See, and what I've done personally is I've spent, I've been in, and I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to diminish the importance of doing a great job on your 
on on your on what you currently have. That's so important. But you can't do it and ignore your career. You have to be preparing for the next move. You have to be thinking about it, preparing for it, um, and spending quality time getting ready for your next move. Your next move may, may be 10 years away. But if you're not prepared for it and it happens five years from now, instead of 10 years, all of a sudden, right. you know, you that's a gotcha. And then you end up scrambling. That's very insightful. And I think especially if you're in a, you know, I'm thinking back to your experience about a division being cut in a company that you wouldn't expect. So those are external forces, shocks in the system you wouldn't be anticipating. And so you're prepping yourself. Not only are you trying to do a good job within the existing role that you are playing within an organization, but you're prepping and putting a cushion and maybe putting some insurance in the bank there for yourself too. Okay. So this is the area then in, you know, and I don't want to give too much away because people are going to need to buy this book. I'm just going to say it. It's chocked full of really hands-on sheets and you really walk people through the steps. It's such an easy read. I wish I had seen this years ago. I like that you're giving some highlights here. So the preparing is maybe the part where people fall down the most. And then you talk about the launch and then the win. The launch is pretty mechanical, actually. And that's um, coming up with coming up with job titles, coming up with companies that are hiring uh, within those job titles, um, geographies and making decisions about geography and how you might respond to that. Um, and, and then actually having a plan. Um, I will find X number of, of uh, positions with this title uh, every week. I will apply to this many, uh, you know, and giving yourself an actual plan with some checks in it so that you make progress. Um, it, I, I'm not going to underestimate the emotional, um, uh, the emotional challenge there is when you don't have a position, okay, and you're looking for one. Um, and it's very easy to say, uh, uh, well, I'm just going to take the day off today. And that's okay. But if you have a plan, you're more likely to at least be able to take that day off and not feel the next day that you sloughed off, you know, um, and, and you lost, uh, lost momentum. So you want to keep the momentum up. You want to have a plan. You want to hold yourself accountable to that plan. And what a plan does is it gives you the comfort that there's, there, there's another step. You've got momentum being in motion. And I love that you pointed that out. You talk about stress in the book, that getting a job, I think it's right up there, right? With moving and death and all kinds of things. Our identities are so closely tied to how we spend our time. What do you recommend in here? You had some great tips. I'll give you a, a, a personal experience that was sort of bizarre, and it's related back to when, when the big company let me go uh, without me knowing what the heck was going on. I think as, as you get older, as I got older, uh, we became uh, more and more um, anxious about the future. 
So we'd go on long walks and, you know, we'd spend, uh, I'd say, 90% of the time on the long walk of what are we going to do? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to live? How do you want to do this? You know, what, what are we going to do if? So one day, um, after reading a, uh, a book that um, was pretty interesting, actually, it's called The Four-Hour Workweek. There's a little exercise in there. And I've borrowed from that exercise. Uh, and it's called a fear exercise. And we sat down on a bench uh, and we discussed what it is we're afraid of. Well, okay, so afraid of me losing my job. Okay. So what happens if, if I lose my job? What would we do? And we listed out the things. What, what, how would we feel? We listed out how would we feel. And then uh, if we knew for sure that I was going to lose my job, what's the first thing we would do? And so we listed those out. And the end of that was a list of, of instructions for ourselves. You know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. That was on the Sunday before the Wednesday that I was let go. No. You had this action plan not knowing. Correct. And then it happened. By I found out on, on the Wednesday by about 10 or 11 o'clock. By 2 o'clock, we were already working on the plan. We were already doing what we had said we were going to do. I have goosebumps over this. This feels sort of divine, Paul. That's really incredible. That harkens back to uh, being prepared and the value of having a plan. And how that will really help you when you call out the things that we are most afraid of or that stress us. And then you sit back and do exactly what you did. You know, you list all the responses. You're actually addressing it and taking control of it. That is crazy, amazing advice for anyone in any situation that is afraid of X to sit down and write that. I'm going to have to get that four-hour work week book and take a look at that fear exercise. He's a pretty interesting guy. A couple of kind of loose questions that people might have that I've always had. Do you think we're ever satisfied in a job? Is there like the, ta-da, I've made it job for you? Or are we always going to want something else? I think there's some people that have their dream jobs. Um, I've certainly had a dream gig, so, so that's good. Uh, but um, if, you're, uh, if you're paying attention to your career, the job isn't your career. The job is just one piece of your career. Your, your, your career is what you do with your time when you're not watching TV and, you know, and taking walks and things like that. So how do you spend your time? And that, that um, uh, so, so you may have a job that you really enjoy and you really like, but it's not going to last forever. So, you know, I think always having it the, in the back of your mind and maybe in the front of your mind even, um, so what do we do next and how do I do it? Uh, how many people are shocked by retirement? They know it's coming. Uh, we all know it's coming, you know, 
I knew it was coming. Um, we actually said, okay, on this, uh, you know, in this general time of the year, I'm going to stop doing consulting work. Didn't have a plan. Didn't listen to myself. Didn't have a plan. You know. Yeah, but the secret is the plan. You're so right about that, and I love that you distinguish. You know, there's a difference between a job and a career. I think most people don't. What if you're an entrepreneur? How can we use your getting hired book in a way? Because in reading it, I was starting to think there's a lot of great advice here from an entrepreneurial perspective in terms of how to move within an industry, how to shift, how to see trends, how to build yourself to be going forward with that place where you are. Do you think it's valuable? Well, thank you. Thank you, Rose, for, for finding that. Um, in, in fact, I, I say, I think early in the book, I say, you know, unless you're, unless you're an entrepreneur, you're going to need to get a job, you know, and you're going to need to get hired. Um, it, but do any of us not have a boss? I mean, even if we're, even if we're entrepreneurs, we're, we have to sell to people. They're our bosses when we're selling, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, pulling the shots. So, uh, you know, maybe there is something there. It, it, um, I would, I would love to think that it was, uh, that it could be uh, generalized to that extent. I really did think there was some great advice just on the planning part, that perspective and taking a look, doing a deeper dive into industry or the industry where you think you are, what that career is versus the job. But maybe on that note, what do you hope in general people are going to get from this? I, I think definitely, uh, you know, get hired. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the main objective. But I, what I'm hoping is that people take away a method that can help them not only just for one job, for each job. And in fact, within, uh, um, if I'm if I'm working in one department and I want to move into another department, or I'm in one uh, at one level and I want to get to another level, I'm going to have to interview. I'm going to have to prepare, and I I have seen too many people squander their opportunities because they think, oh geez, I'll just put in my name and see what happens, you know, and you know what. What happens? That happens. And, and, and I'm, I'm really, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about making things happen. So if you really want something, you, you have to put in all the, all the effort, just as if you were applying for a job at another company. Yep, you've got an inside track, but maybe not as big an inside track as you think. So you have to be really prepared. You have to Talk to the stakeholders. You have to network. You have to, you know, you have to do all the things you would do if you're trying to get uh, a job at, you know, at Apple or Google or, you know, or anywhere. I love this. You bring your science background into this, but it's beautifully written. It's a very easy read. I can't recommend it enough. And then I know you've got a website as well, don't you, Paul? Yes, I do. PaulMcBlain.com. I'm so looking forward to having you back on, Paul. I think we could do a session, probably a Q&A. Any parting thoughts before I sign off with you? This has been an amazing 
learning experience for me personally, as well as hopefully our, our listeners. Thank you. Well, I'm humbled to be uh, invited here. It's, uh, uh, it's really an honor. And um, I guess my parting, my parting thought are, uh, you know, take, take a uh, work as hard on your career as you do on your job and your career will be as successful as your jobs are. Well, thank you again, Paul, for coming on and for all our listeners. The book is called Getting Hired, How to Prepare to Compete and Win the Job You Want. Thank you so much, Paul McBlain. You're amazing. Uh, you're, you're welcome, Rose. Great. Hope to talk to you soon. All the best. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. I know times are tough and many people are suffering economically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're grateful, though, that you've spent time with us today. Truly. Our greatest hope for each and every one of you is that you enjoy life, you live it well, and you make every single sip in your story a good one. Hopefully this positive story helps you to move a little closer to living your best life. We want you always to remember that you matter, you are loved, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time as we sip on another great story. That's it for today, and that's a wrap.